are launching a new series. Uh, it is, as Cody has mentioned a couple times, the naked gospel, 100% natural. Now, that's a lot, of, uh, a lot to think about right there. And there's a lot of thought that was put into this. If you were with us last summer, we had the series that was titled The Naked Church. And this is really part two, 2.0 of last summer. And we felt God was leading us in that direction. There was some unfinished business. I don't think it's ever finished, to be honest, but I felt the Lord really want, want us to head in this direction again and take Tehillah, take this ministry, take all of you outside these four walls and be Jesus to our city in unique yet profound ways where we can spread the love of God everywhere we go. Even on a Monday night with this community, imagine what we can do this summer. Who's ready for this summer? Who's ready? Who? It's, uh, it's going to be jam-packed. We've got lots of wonderful things in store. Little little sneak for you. Um, Pastor uh, Jonathan Lambert will be with us in August from Experience Church. Uh, these guys are taking over the city with God's grace, and they are doing some incredible things uh, in the southeast part of, the, uh, of Calgary, church plant, one of the fastest growing churches in all of Canada, and it's in our city. And if you're a part of experience in this room, uh, keep going, keep fighting for what uh, God's called you to as a church, because it's making a difference. And um, others that you'll hear from, Joyce Reese, she is uh, an incredible pastor in downtown uh, Calgary. We love her to, to death here around Tehillah. And uh, Ryan Iverson, Pastor Ryan from our West Edge campus who preached a few weeks ago. Did you all love Ryan a few weeks ago if you were here? The guy can preach, and he's going to come back as well uh, throughout the summer. But I cannot wait to launch tonight and give you a little bit of an intro into this series. Um, turn to the person beside you tonight and say, I've been praying all day that I would sit next to you. Come on, I'm serving it up for some of you right now. I'm serving it. I, uh, we're all about community here. And if there's one thing that I love, it's when people connect with other people and you find a sense of, of a belonging, a sense of community. That's what Tehillah is about. And this whole concept of the naked church, the naked gospel, what it really entails is scaling back all of the bells and whistles, all of the shows at times, the production, and getting back to the real, almost bare necessities of why we follow this man, Jesus, and why it is we do what we do as the local church. What is the whole purpose behind it? Last year, we looked at the local church. This year, we're going to look at those 100% natural who drinks uh, Tropicana orange juice in this room? Tropicana Pure Premium Pulp Free orange juice. One of the best. It's pure. It is, it's a wonderful beverage, and I drink it almost every morning. And it reminded me of that as we were uh, looking at where to go uh, with this brand and the series. I just feel like if we can take the teachings of Jesus and just scale them right back to 
exactly what he was saying through his parables, through the, the, you know, reading between the lines, looking at how he did what he did, and taking from that uh, the, the, the pure, natural uh, heart of God, I think we can get somewhere this summer. Who's with me on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah? So we're going to do that. We're going to do that with creativity. We're going to do that with uh, enthusiasm. And we're going to do that with taking a little bit of risk. We got uh, worst booked again for the end of August. We're going to go down and have Tehillah in the bar on the last Monday of August. So mark your calendars for that and invite your friends. We're going to fill up that uh, restaurant. It's going to be a phenomenal night. But I want to pray. Can I do that? And uh, I'm going to share a few thoughts with you this evening. And I'll let you go for for chicken wings, but not on the patio because it's raining. God, thank you so much that you are here. You've already been speaking to each of us. You've already been uh, giving us um, a sense of who you are through this, this time in your presence, through worship, scaling back and just focusing on you. Because as Cody said, we have nothing good without you. It's all because of you. It's all because of your goodness in, in our lives that we can do the things we do, accomplish the things we can accomplish, and uh, take the risks that we take. Father, I ask tonight that we would leave here different than when we came. We'd be inspired and encouraged. But most importantly, we would know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Amen. So, in, in light of... This series, and in light of where we're going, this man, Jesus, who, of course, was all man when he walked on this earth, but all God at the same time, he had a life that was lived with with so much intention. Everywhere he went, every person that he talked to, every room that he walked into, he made a difference. Every conversation that he had, whether it was with one-on-one with someone or a group of of his disciples or a group of 5,000 or 10,000 people were transformed by his presence, by his words, by the way that he presented God to humanity. Everywhere he went, everything that he did had intention. Explaining this is not easy because the mysteries of God at times can overwhelm us. And as we even heard earlier, sometimes all we can do and say is what? Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. But he had this this profound influence everywhere that he went on everyone's life. And because of this, I believe that Tehillah or any local church, any gathering that would say Jesus is the center is supposed to do the same thing. There should not be one place in this city where Christian influence isn't making a profound difference. Did you hear me? There shouldn't be any restaurants without the influence of Christ. There shouldn't be any arenas. There shouldn't be any office space. There shouldn't be any mall in our city that doesn't have Christians, followers of Christ that are making a major impact every single day taking over our city for, excuse me, for the things that God has called us to do is so important and so much of the heart of Jesus. But here's the deal. We cannot be a church where we end up missing the point 
in all of this, where we know the Great Commission, we understand what God's called us to, but often we miss the point at, at times to what it exactly is, uh, is in front of us that he's asking us to accomplish. Missing the point. I have three children presently. By the way, my wife's pregnant with our fifth, so that is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you so much. She's, uh, she was here tonight. Some of you have come to me and said, are you even married? I've never seen your wife. Well, she was here tonight with my three children. They're out of school. They're young, and life is tough right now, but we're going to get through it. Um, of course, our, our daughter Sparrow was in the middle of, of that, and she went to be with Jesus three years ago. That's a story for another time. But God has brought our, our son, who's now 14 months, and now this, this new delight who's coming in December. And uh, wow, how God turns tragedy into something glorious. That's my family, but that's, again, for another series and another day. But my kids have this, this way of fr- frustrating me to no end. And specifically my son. He's, uh, he's five. His name is Beckham. Uh, from my England buddy, I named him after David. That's true. I'm an England fan. Oh, I love, I love England. What a hard week it was for us. Um, so much so, I named my son after my favorite player, Mr. Mr. Beckham. And this guy is is hilarious. He we're so different already. At five years old, I recognize how different we are. I'm the people pleaser. I'm always smiling. I always got my hand out for the handshake and uh, love talking with people. He's so shy and so timid, but absolutely the most witty person that I've ever met. And he tries to to take every conversation that we have and, and turn it into something that's totally beside the point, missing the point. He fights with his sister every hour, especially now that it's it's a summer break. And I try to separate them. And I sit with my daughter Paisley, and I, I, we sit in the room, and I and I look at her in the eyes, and I talk to her and say, "Sweetheart, you can't do that." And she's like, "Yeah, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Everything makes sense to her." And she, she repeats it back because that's good communication skills. And then I repeat it back to her, making sure she hears what, what I heard, what she said, and she heard what I said, right? Anyone in pre-marriage counseling right now? <laughs> All right, there's a couple. I'm doing about six couples right now. It's overwhelming me, but I love it. Anyways, communication. I get to my son, so I feel very fulfilled after I'm talking to my daughter. I get to my son, and I sit him down try to talk to him. He explains back to me. And then right when we're about finished in the conversation, he completely says something that erases everything that I just invested into him. And I'm saying, Bex, that's totally beside the point. You're missing it, buddy. You're missing it. Stop biting your sister. That's it. There's no reason why. There's, it's not justified. It's, 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 you're missing the point, son. Any dads in the room? The dad that's laughing right now, for sure. Um, it's a true. He actually does bite his sister sometimes. That's for another issue, time, and, and place. Anyways, you, you still with me? Okay. Often in life, we miss the point. And it's cute when, when a little guy who's five misses the point. But it's not so cute when followers of Christ people that would call themselves Christians, which is you and I, most of us in this room, when we miss the entire point of following Jesus. 
Being followers of Christ isn't just a way to ensure that we will spend eternity in heaven. It's not just a reason to put that notch on your belt to say that you've accomplished what you need to accomplish or said the right things or lived the right way. It's not anything like that. And we talked about so much of these things in our identity series, looking at the striving mentality. Take a look at that if, if you're new and you want to hear from some incredible voices about identity. All of these things sometimes take us to a place where we think that we're doing what we're supposed to do and we're missing the point. Truth is that we are here to engage the people God has put into our lives. You are where you are because God wants to use you right there. Did you hear me? You are where you are because God wants to use you right there. We heard it very briefly tonight. The young lady who came up here, Sydney, talked about the sweeping of the floors. I don't know if you heard that, but very much my heart of where we're, we're going for these few minutes tonight is whatever we do, we do it for God's glory and with intention, doing it for the purpose of making Jesus famous. The title that you have might change through the years. The career choice that you have might shift as you get older. And the way you go about life might shift. But we all have a job, and that is to make Jesus the most famous person on earth. That's it. Every single one of us. It's not profound, but it's important to remind you of this tonight. If you have a Bible, anyone have a Bible? This evening, I got mine right here. I'm going to go grab it. I'm reading from the message version. If you have it on your phone, pull it out as well. But we're going to Luke chapter 19 for a few seconds. Luke chapter 19, it's the fourth book of the New Testament. Oh, excuse me, third book. Wow, I did graduate, I promise. Luke 19. And in this is the story of Zacchaeus. We've all heard it before. If you're a Bible, uh, familiar with the scriptures and with the stories of Jesus. But I want to pull some truth from here that will help each of us remember our purpose, remember what it is to take the teachings of Christ and bring them back to what really matters. Let's look at this together. Verse 1. Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there. His name was Zacchaeus. He was the head tax man and quite rich and the author should have said and quite hated as well he wanted desperately to see Jesus but the crowd was in the way the crowd was in the way do you know I I believe this as I read these verses and I was thinking about it that people in Calgary desperately want to know who Jesus is do you understand They want to see Jesus. They've heard about him. But what often happens is we get in the way. And I believe Tehillah, even this summer specifically, that God has called us to get the crowd out of the way, to get the things out of the way that aren't bringing us back to what really matters. 
That's why we are looking at the 100% natural, pure teachings of Jesus, because that's the stuff that needs to get in the way. That's the stuff that will change lives. That's the stuff that people need to hear about is Jesus and who he really is. Zacchaeus was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. There was no real logical reason for this other than there was this attraction for some reason that Zacchaeus had to see this man Jesus that he'd been hearing about. And I really believe, as I just said, it's no different than today. There are people in your life that are curious. There's no reason why other than maybe the influence that you've had on them so far. And it's now your opportunity to get the crowd out of the way, get the distractions out of the way, and move them closer to this Jesus that they're so curious about, just like Zacchaeus. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident, excuse me, uh, was indignant and grumped. Basically, they were haters of Zacchaeus. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is. Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. Wow. Isn't that an incredible passage of Scripture right there? This man, Zacchaeus, what he had in front of him, the things that God had called him to be a part of, were an invitation. And I look at this and I believe that all of you in this room have purpose. As I said earlier, we hear this all the time, but I remind you that the way Jesus approached Zacchaeus is the way that he's approaching us today, is the way that he's approaching humanity today. And there's a word that we like to use often in in, in in church, it's revelation versus, let's say, information. Information is often what we get from, from huma- humanity or humans, and revelation is what we get from God. And I want, and my prayer tonight is that the revelation of God's love and, and, and the, the way of Christ would overwhelm you in these next few minutes, that you would not leave here with the same old, same old expectation that you had for your life, but you would see yourself with different lenses. And I believe that if you're going to engage this world, engage what's in front of you, engage this summer with new perspective and intention, we're going to need a revelation. And it's this, up on the screen, let's put it up there. That who you are is not defined by what you do, but it is defined by who Jesus is to you. It's not defined by what you do, but defined by who Jesus is to you. We can't escape this identity theme because it's really the foundation of Christianity, understanding, even though we're done the series, God keeps bringing 
us back to that and defining things in ways that bring us back to understanding who we are in Christ, but also understanding who Jesus is to you and to me. And that's why Cody came up here and said, take a minute and just focus in on Jesus and who he is. All of us live in a world that wants you to believe that the label on your life is everything. The label that people put on you. But we serve a God that never really had a label. Even when he walked on this earth, his, his label really was carpenter, if you want to get specific. He had one job that never changed, but he was always the Messiah. I want to show you what Jesus did uh, through that passage that I just read in, in Zacchaeus' life. By just walking down the street, living out this authentic, all-natural gospel. That's what Jesus portrayed for us in that passage. You all know how big of a deal this was. All of us know that when Jesus stopped and looked at Zacchaeus, this was not by accident. This was not a coincidence. All Jesus was doing that day was taking a walk with his disciples, and there were some people, lots of people around, but then he ran, quote-unquote, into this random man in a tree, already knowing his name, knowing exactly who he was before he showed up there that day. And I believe that just this one encounter with Jesus completely changed this man's life. Would you agree with me or not? One encounter with Jesus transformed him. A life that was frowned upon, that was hated, was transformed by the power of Jesus in a, in a moment. Look at this. Jesus had no label on him that day. He was just walking. He wasn't heading to any service or any crusade. He wasn't heading to any uh, gathering of any sort. He was just doing his thing, walking and being with the people. But what Jesus was labeled the, uh, the street that day was this, that he knew he might just be a carpenter and not have any special labels, but what he was doing right then and now defined who he was. And let me explain that to each of you. It was defined by who he carried with him wherever he walked. He had the wind of God behind him every step of the way. That was what defined Christ. That was who he was. Walking with God every day, listening to his voice, being obedient to the things that he called him to do. And if you get this revelation tonight, then nobody else can label you because you get to choose what defines you now because of this relationship that you have with Jesus. All of us in this room. You're not just a student you're not just a server. You're not just a mechanic. You're not just a tradesperson. You're not just studying for your doctorate. You're not just a mom. You're not just a son to your family here on earth. You are way more than that. And what's so beautiful about this is that we get to define that because of this identity we have in Christ. We're not just filling seats tonight. 
You came out here, a cold night, it's rainy. You could be anywhere else, but you chose to come here, and that excites me. But when you're here in this place, I believe that Tehillah is better. Bella, when you're sitting here, Tehillah is a better place. There is purpose for you to be a part of this gathering. And I could say that to each person that's here in this room tonight. You are not defined by your past, but rather defined by who is in you and how God's created you to be. All of us in this room are the leaders of today. I remember when I was a young kid in school, and you probably relate to this, when the teachers would say, now remember, you're the leader of tomorrow. You can be the leader of tomorrow. And we defined that and looked at that and said, okay, next year or the year after or when I turn 18 or when I turn 20 or when I get married or when I get my career or when my kids are finally out of the house. No, actually, we are leaders today, right now. This summer, we have opportunity to transform our city in a way that maybe none of us ever thought possible. That's my prayer for each of us. I'm a leader you're a leader right now. Most of the, the social reforms that we see through history, some specific ones like Nelson Mandela, who was in prison for years, this guy made a choice that no matter where he was, what he was doing, who he was around, he would make a difference. And that difference was to make Jesus famous. When he was in jail for most of his adult life, they had to keep switching out the guards and the people that were in prison with him because they all kept getting saved and finding Jesus, and some people didn't like that. So year after year, he'd have new guards and new people guarding him because Jesus was famous in that prison. That's what was taking place with Nelson, no matter where he was. You look at a lady like Rosa Park, who some would say was the, the, the female um, starter of, of the civil rights movement in, in the states where she refused to get out of her seat on that bus because she knew that God was calling her to, to stand up for what was right, to stand up for the things that she knew God had called her to be a part of. And because of that decision, she, along with Martin Luther King, made some incredible waves. It's not a history lesson tonight, but get my point on that. Martin Luther King Jr., he went on that march one day that sparked a movement. But listen to me, though. It doesn't matter how nondescript your world is. If God's hand is on your life, which it is, then we have the ability to transform the world around us in an instant. All of us do. And what if I told you that who you are totally depends on who, who Jesus says you are. Would you agree with me? Yeah? Can I hear you? Yeah. God's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for someone that has everything in order, but he's looking for those that are available, that are ready to take some risks. And if you're tired of just being a spectator, then make that decision tonight to take some action this summer. And, and step out with great risk and do some things that you know God's calling you to do. I remember when I was 17 years old, that's when I first started coming to, to First Assembly. And I was a part of a discipleship program back then. And I remember that God asked us very specifically to, to make some sacrifice if we wanted to see things different than we were used to. 
And what does every 17-year-old love the most? Sleep. True? True. So we started sacrificing some of our sleep and getting up to pray. Pastor Michael, Jenny can relate to this as well. In CLA, in, in Langley, very similar stories back in the late 90s where there was a move of God that took place because some young people decided that what was in front of them, what their reality was, was not the way that God had called them to live. There was more to their purpose, more to that season, more to what God had called them to as a group that was way beyond anything we could ask or imagine. And there was a season here where Tehillah, because of that, of that prayer and that investment from those young people that I had the privilege of being a part of and riding that wave out for those few years, where for years there was over a 1,000 young adults in here on a Monday night. Over 20, 30, 40 people were coming to Jesus every week. And I don't look back to that and strive for that, but I'm reminded that it took some people that were willing to take a risk, take, make some sacrifice, step out of their comfort zone, and do things a little bit differently in order to see God do what he wanted to do. It's going to look different now than before because I believe there's moves of God that are coming in ways that are going to overwhelm this city with the love of Jesus. I really do believe that. And I believe that Tila is going to be an intricate part in that. And I believe Experience Church is going to be a part of that. And the C3 churches. And I believe that Catch the Fire is going to be a part of that. And I believe the united body of Christ is going to see something very beautiful just around the corner. I will never stop contending for that. And I wrote this on the screen. You can see it there. That maybe if I start using what's in my hand, God can start using what's in my heart in a way that I never dreamed. All of us have dreams in our heart. If you were a follower of Christ in this room, you cannot tell me that you wouldn't love to see every one of the people in your life that has not, does not have a relationship with Jesus for them to be radically transformed by the love of Jesus. You cannot tell me that that's not a dream for all of us. If you truly have a passion for the things of God, then that is a dream for every single one. I have that dream every day. I think about my friends who were walking with me back in 99, 2000, who are far from God today for reasons beyond my control or their control, where they were hurt and rejected and felt abandoned. I dream every day that I will see so many come back to this love of Jesus that really has never left. They're just choosing to ignore it right now. But when I say what I said in that thought that if we start using what's in my hands right now, then maybe God, actually I really believe he'll start using what's in my heart to see a radical transformation of lives. So I'm going to take what I'm capable of now and what I believe God's calling me to as the leader here at Tehillah and invite you into this journey, even this summer and into this next fall as we go and explore these things. Go and explore the journey that Christ has for us. I'm excited about that. 
I'm going to close with this story. You guys can come on up. I heard this uh, a little while back, and I thought it was so cool. But there's this police officer in the U.S. that was inspired by some messages that he had heard at a conference. Similar inspiration to where we're heading this summer with the creative and with taking risks and stepping outside these walls and going and being who God's called us to be in our city. And he was so overwhelmed by this revelation that God gave him. For so many years, he felt that he could never be used by God as a, as a police officer in a way that he really wanted because the environment was so dark. It was so difficult to in, influence or impact anyone because it was such a, a quick transfer of, of, of connection with people. You're going in, you're arresting, you're coming out, you're bringing them here, then you never see them again. And often he felt that when I quit, when I, more like when I retire, then, then God, I will take all of me and give it to you. And in that weekend, he was so revolutionized by God's revelation that downloaded into his heart, and he realized that he can actually make an incredible impact now. So what he started doing was, when he would pick people up in his vehicle, and he'd have to arrest people, and they'd be in the, in the back seat, he started driving a little bit slower to the station. And he'd put on podcasts of messages that were all about Jesus. And he would just play them in the car. What are these guys going to say? Nothing. They're in a cop car. So they've just been arrested. So there's no conversation happening with the guy who just slammed him to the ground and punched him in the face and put, you know, arrested him, put him in the car. They're angry with that man. There's no conversation. But they would, of course, listen to these messages. And he sometimes he would take longer routes back to the station so that they could get a good 20, 25 minutes into the messages. And he'd start praying for these people and start praying every day that God, whoever ends up in this car today or this week, God, let them be radically transformed by the power of, of, of your truth and your gospel. And true story that person after person, male and female, started to break down in the back of his cop car as they got into the station, desperately crying out for this love of Jesus. In 20 minutes of, of dialogue, or not even dialogue, but of, of, of listening to these messages. And he'd be leading person after person after person to Jesus before he took them into, into jail in the station. And then he built relationship with these guys and gals. He invited them to church. And what happened was not one, but two, but three, but dozens and dozens of these once convicts were now volunteers and leaders in his local church two, three, four years later, serving Jesus with their whole heart. And all it took was this obedience to knowing that God had called them to something right now and not later in life. I believe that God really wants to use 
each of us right where we're at. For Jesus, it was not just a walk down the street, but an opportunity to reach someone who needed help. Wherever you go and whatever you do this summer, realize the circumstances might change, but, uh, but Jesus does not, and he's available. You have access to him with every person that you come in contact with. And the label that the world has given you will change season after season. We talked about that for the last two months about identity and how we view ourselves, but here's the deal. The label that Jesus downloaded into your life will remain forever. Usable, qualified, filled with God's grace, courageous, one that can take risk and be willing to step out into the unknown. That's who you are. And that's what God's called us to. And that's what the naked gospel is all, all around, all about. Peeling back those layers, looking at the life of Christ and realizing that the authentic, pure, natural teachings of Jesus is exactly what this world needs and exactly what we carry in this room and exactly what the people around us need to hear. Let's stand tonight. That's my charge to each of you this evening as we close. As we think about this summer, for those of you who belong to other local churches in this and attend to Gila as well, I would encourage you to take what God does in your life through this community and bring it back to your local church as well to inspire, to encourage, and to challenge, to step into new things and greater things as well. But all of us have purpose in this room, every single one, every single one. And who we are is is not defined by what we do, but it's defined by how we see Jesus. That's really all it comes down to. Would you go on this journey with us this summer and allow God to do some radical things in, 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 in your life? That's my prayer. That's my invitation to you. Let's sing this song together, Pastor Michael. And if that's you tonight, encourage you to offer that up to the Lord. Offer that heart to Him. Ask Him for the things that you think you need. The courage and the wisdom, the revelation of understanding who He is. Allow Him to overwhelm you with goodness this week and look for those opportunities to show Jesus to the people around you. Let's sing this together.